You're listening to The Uninformed Show with Matthew Garetti. If you have any suggestions for future topics, send them in at MattGaretti on Twitter.com. Thank you for stopping by, and have a wonderful day. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to The Uninformed Show, episode 31, coming at you, not live, but uh, thinking about going live, doing some live streaming, maybe on SoundCloud, maybe on YouTube, we'll figure it out at some point. Coming at you with the return of League of Legends competitive scene. We've got the LCS back in action for North America, for Korea, for the United... I was going to say United Nations. I don't know why I was going to say that. I was going to say United States, and then I was like, but I already said LCS, so that's already NA for Europe. It's back for Europe as well. It's back everywhere, basically. So I'm just going to begin with the fir- the first game for North America, obviously. Team Liquid versus TSM. And if anybody looked at my uh, who I thought was going to be better, I said Team Liquid's going to be better. I... Don't know what TSM's game plan is as far as having junglers that are going to split time with Acadian or Grig. It's not easy for me to say like how that format's going to work for them. Hopefully it works. But as of this game, with Acadian playing first, I wasn't too impressed by him. When he first started playing for TSM, I thought he was like the missing link because he did very well. I think he did much better than Mike Young did, and I thought he did about as good as Grig. Maybe Grig was a little better towards the end, but I wasn't very impressed with this game. He didn't really show off that he was a, like a T. Like I don't want to say like he wasn't a TSM player. Clearly, he's a TSM player, but I didn't see him as like the, the thing that this team needed in this first game to beat Team Liquid. Maybe they were throwing him in for some kind of revenge thing, like, oh, you guys beat us, it's time for us to beat you. But that didn't really happen. So I personally don't, didn't really, I don't understand, like, who they think is better. Maybe they think Acadian's better than Griggs. They're like, okay, let's put Acadian up against Team Liquid, the best team in North America at the moment. Possibly. We'll we'll come to that later. But uh, I think overall TSM looked kind of bad compared to team liquid and i think really they were like beaten in picks and bands personally i think uh like overall like their their team's like a scaling team they, they have azir they have ezreal they want to scale into the late game and they want to put pressure on them like that but you need to have some kind of presence in the early game and azir typically isn't very un- until he gets like two or three items he's not very strong in the early game, he's very weak. You can get blown up by an Olaf, and also you have to consider Olaf doesn't even get stopped by Azir. When they hit six, Azir's got nothing against Olaf. It's just you have to get out of there or you're dead. That's pretty much it. Olaf stops any kind of CC, so I'm pretty sure he just goes through the uh, Azir wall. I, I don't know for sure. I haven't seen that actually. I haven't played an Azir, and I haven't played Olaf in a while, and I haven't played an, an Olaf into an Azir. So, it's been quite a long time. So, 
I'll figure that out at some point, but I believe that it works that Olaf can just go through the wall, and Bjergsen's got nothing after that if he engages with his EQ, or QE, whatever that is. The one where he goes, yeah, that's QE. So I don't know for sure what the plan was, but even so, like, even like when they started getting later into the game, Bjergsen didn't really have any presence in there. So I think that they lost in the early game. They were like, we're going to pick Azir, we're going to pick Ezreal, we're going to scale, we're not. We're going to play pretty passive in the early game, but they, they weren't able to do that, and they lost. And coming back to Akkadian, I didn't see him really do a whole lot to contribute to the team. I didn't think that he was the, like, if he did really well, the team would have won. I didn't even think that would have happened. The thing that I think broke the team mostly was that first blood trade, well, not even a trade, when Broken Blade was in the top lane getting, I think it was, uh, is, I might even be thinking about the second game. I don't even know. Let me see what who, what they played in the second game. No, I'm not. Maybe I am talking about the second game. Okay, I need to go back and watch my games because I don't know for sure. But if I remember correctly, and I'm hoping that sound doesn't go through in this, I really hope because I don't want to get copyrighted in any way. Let me find that first blood. That's a really long screen for that. Where is the first blood at? Here we go. Come on. Come on. Where is the first blood at? Where is it? Okay. So it's gotten... Yeah, so I am thinking about the right, the right, uh, the right play here. So here we see we have Team Liquid Impact and Broken Blades going on him, and he whiffs his ulti. So if he hit him there, and you could see that he was very close to killing uh, Impact. If if anybody's watching, there's rewatching the game with me right now. You can see that it's very, very close. If he had hit his ultimate on to Impact, he definitely would have gotten that kill. He would have traded kills, and it would have changed the game, I think, if Broken Blade was able to win some of the early game, because Aurelia scales very well, too, and does ins insane damage, has insane crowd control of their ultimate, and has stuns, and her just passive damage with Conqueror is just incredible. So if she was able to get that first blood and trade kills, I think that would have definitely turned the game around and made it much more close than it really was. But if you're going to go for a scaling team, you need to get Azir. You need to make some kind of map plays at all. Like, And Azir is not going to be able to do that. Ezreal can do that, but yeah, you Galio's likely not going to leave for that. Galio's likely just going to stay with Ezreal, unless he can ultimate across the map. But either way, let's move on to the second game. This might be a pretty short episode because I'm only talking about three games as far as I know. Uh, okay, CLG versus 100 Thieves is the other game I wanted to talk about. And the reason why I want to talk about them is because I think 100 Thieves looked a lot better than they did last season. Although Amazing wasn't, get this, Amazing. He wasn't as good as I thought he was going to be. I think Amazing was a much bigger step up than what Ando would have done, personally. Uh, I think Bang and Aftermove looked a lot better than they did last season. Like, last season, things were going on that I wasn't even sure if Aftermove was even in comms with Bang at the moment. I had 
that's that's exactly how I was feeling. I was like, yeah, Ephraim and Bang just left Discord. They're not in the same channel at all. So that's something we have to fix in the future. But this time it looked like they were working a lot better and they were more in sync than before. Amazing. I think he just needs to take some time to synergize well with the team. We'll figure that out, I guess. I really want 100 Thieves to do a lot well. A lot a lot well. I want them to do a lot better. And I'll get to that later, I guess, after this next point. Someone needs to be the focus of 100 Thieves this season. If they, And what that means is they need to commit resources to one player and one player alone. Like, not, like, only one player, but, like, you need to focus more on that lane. So if you want to make someday... Like a carry champion, if you want to make him... What did he play? Give me one second. Uh, against... Them. Against uh, CLG. If you want to make... If you want to make someday play Rumble and you want... Because Rumble can get really, really good damage with some magic pen items. Against... Uh, what, did, what did they even play? Biofrost isn't even here. I think he played Yumi. I believe he played Yumi. Don't quote me on that, but also do quote me on that. Or maybe it was, uh, yeah, it was Yumi. So, against a Yumi Sivir, against, uh, fucking, why am I, why am I drawing blanks today? Against, like, a Yumi Sivir, a Kennen, an Orianna, think, someday can tear through that team, I think. So, one second. Hmm. Some nice English breakfast tea, like that, even though it's one o'clock, not breakfast. Yes, I just winked at you. Get used to it. But uh, Rumble can definitely tear through that kind of team. The only kind of person that can survive is Sejuani, and she's not going to build MR until, like, the third item or something. She's going to go... Um, what's she going to go? She's going to go the Cinder Hulk th thing... For jungle, and she's gonna go probably Merc Treads, get some MR there, because you also are against a pretty MR heavy team with Rakan, Azir, and Rumble. <clears throat> and then you're probably gonna go into Warmogs after that, then you're gonna get some MR, probably Stoneplate or something like that. So, someone on this team, you can make that bang, you can make it someday, but you need. To make one of those two the focus of the team, make them the Bjergsen of the team. Like the big meme, I think, back in the day when Bjergsen first started playing was it was Bjergsen and then there were four wards. But you know what? That worked for them because Bjergsen, could, nobody was able to match him and he was able to pop the fuck off and do really well. And nobody was able to stop him. He was just miles above what everybody else was in the game. He was defining the game for North America at the time. So... You need to get make somebody that that person. You need to make that someone your Bjergsen. So you can make that bang. He's a fantastic ADC. You can make that someday. He's proven that he's done like he's miles better than some of the people on his team. Like I don't like dumping on Afro because I think I think he is doing he did better in those first two games. I think more so in the first game than the second game. But Solo Go is not going to really do a whole lot for the team because we don't know what his talent set is he only played toward the end of the spring and this is the first two games of the series first game that i'm talking about and he went oh one and one on his ear 
not a whole lot you can really say about him. Okay. Again, probably shouldn't play his ear if you're uh, with the team comp that you're going, because I think Rumble's more of a mid-late champ. He's got some pretty good early damage too, but his mid and early game, his mid and late game, I think is where he does the most. And uh, you should probably pick Galio into this comp anyway, because you picked Jarvan. Why wouldn't you pick Galio with this comp? comp? Because you get an automatic kill with with the Jarvan ultimate, and then you got the Galio ultimate. The fucking I love Galio ultimate so much. It's like the most satisfying thing in the world when you just like, especially with the fucking Birdio thing, and you smash down into the ground and fuck him up. I love that shit so much. It's great. It's one of my favorite things in the world, honestly. Well, in the game. I don't, I don't know about in the world. There's a lot of things in the world, like some fa fantastic tea. Some fantastic tea definitely tops a lot of things in the world. Alright. So, I'll go into right now why I want 100 Thieves to do better. And it really only comes down to one thing, and that's realistically just, like, Matt, Nadeshot, like, that dude is, like, one of my favorite, like, YouTube people in the world. Whenever, uh, when I was in college, when I wasn't watching, like, Rooster Teeth shit, I would definitely just watch all of his content, and I thought he was one of the funniest guys alive. And he really is, like, an inspirational kind of person, because he was in Optic, and he left Optic, and he had no real direction, so he went to YouTube, He's doing a lot of YouTube things, and then he starts his own organization just out of the blue, I think, and has a pretty decent story wrapped around that with, uh, it's 100 Thieves because of his grandfather, there's a whole story in that, and it's a really inspirational story, and I want him to do well because I like him, he's a cool guy, he's got a really cool team name, he's got a good brand, they did really well in the first spring season. After that, they've been downgrading, 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 and I don't... I guess they've been downgrading trying to find the next, like, new big player, because they traded Meteos for Anda, I think. Yeah, they traded Meteos for Anda, they traded Cody Sun for Rikara, and I think now they're... And then they get Huhi, who's not typically amazing. Like, he's not... He's definitely not, like, top... Five. He's definitely not top five. I, w I would venture to even say he's not even top ten. Personally, I think he's fallen off a, a hell of a lot since, you know, since I think it was like Immortals, I think he was on. Like Immortals was the good team I think he was on with like, I think it was, um, might have been Hooney, Wild Turtle, and a couple other people that I can't remember. I don't typically remember, uh, other organizations. I don't even remember who was in GGU, honestly, and I heard that they were one of the greatest teams ever. I don't even remember them, honestly. <sighs> but I just, I want them to stop searching. I want them to find something and stick with that because they have Bang. Bang is, he was, one, he was on SKT when SKT was the god-tier team. He was with Faker. He was with all those guys. And now I'm starting to see, like, maybe Bang wasn't that great. Maybe it was just Faker all along, but I thought Bang with Wolf was a great combination, and I think Bang and Ephraimu are becoming a great, like, working duo, but if you think about it, Stixay and Biofrost have been together for, like, two, 
like full seasons pretty much like two and a half probably or whenever they started doing the franchising i guess two years ago so this is going to be their fourth like they had spring then they had summer and then they had another spring and now this is summer so this is their fourth time together i think that they have more synergy than just afro and bang who have been together for like less than a year pretty much i think that also comes into play when you're playing this kind of game because when you're playing with somebody for not that long you don't know what they want to do like my friends i'm pretty sure know for a fact that i love flash w-ing as galio like one of my favorite things to do is to hold w and then flash on somebody i think it's it's unsuspecting nobody can really dodge it i think it's really fun to do that you flash w you hit them with their your passive, you E them, they knock them up, and they're dead pretty much. You have Ignite, they're de dead bot lane. That's pretty much how that goes. And they know that I like to do that. And I will do it un unless they tell me not to do it, I will do it when it's a bad time to do it. I have a really one-track mind when it comes to, like, I need to get, I need, I want to do this now. I'm going to do this now, Eric. No, go ready. Don't do that. Okay, I'll hold back on doing that. That's pretty much how the lanes go. And really, as bad as that is for me, we've worked our relationship together so we know what we want to do. I know that on like Ezreal, he doesn't want to do a damn thing until about 20 minutes when he's got his Manamune finished and all that shit. He's got boots and he's good to go. I know after that point it's time to go in so you need to develop that kind of relationship after a while that's basically how it works nobody just comes together and it's like we're fucking amazing we're the unstoppable team most unstoppable team in the world even Sven and Smoothie who've had who are on like the most pressure built team that focus on the most relationship building I'd probably say in the entire esports scene I'd say I, I definitely go on record in saying that they both have problems with each other they they are not completely in sync with each other yet and there's still more to work on there so I think with time Bang and Aphromoo will be very competitive and definitely be in the top five I think this team if they focus on one specific player if they focus on giving resources to bang getting kills to bang getting plates to bang or someday one of those two then you have an absolute definite playoff top six team here i think it can definitely go head to head with the talent that they have between uh you have bang you have someday i think Sologo has time like he has time to grow i think he's a new player he's got time to grow and improve you have Amazing, who was a, considered the best TSM jungler before he went back to EU and had pretty good success there. And you have Aphromoo, who has been playing the game. He's one of the most, like, I guess you could say elder players at the moment. He's been playing, I think, for six seasons, something like that. And he's found a lot of success on the way. He's found a lot of success on the way. He's played with ADCs like Stixa, Double Lift, and he's done very well. And support is fucking easy, man. We all know it's easy. I think this team has a bright future ahead of them, and given this season, I think it's going to take some time. But I think that they're gonna, you're going to see a lot of the really good things that this team can do 
in this season. Bingo, we're done. Goodbye. So, couldn't find a fun way to end that. but that, So, I just went with that. Get off the stage. That's a uh, Fool Us reference for anybody that watches Penn and Teller Fool Us. Really funny show. Really interesting show, too. Magic is fucking cool. Before we even go to our next game, I'm just to say, anybody that wants to be a magician, fucking tip my hat to you. That shit is fucking cool. Amazing. I don't know how people do that. Blah, 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 blah. I don't know what else to say about it. Go do some fucking card tricks because that shit's that you'll get so many women for that shit. Moving on to the third game. Third game, I was very surprised them talking about Echo Fox versus Team Liquid. Not even that Echo Fox beat Team Liquid, because I thought Echo Fox, at 10 minutes, I thought the game was completely over. I thought, here, here's what you're looking at at exactly 10 minutes, okay? 10 minutes, you have double lift, with 30 CS ahead of Lost, with two assists. One on the first blood, and then the next one. They only had two kills at this point. So, you have that already. You have Rek'Sai with one kill. You have Vladimir with one kill. So your your top solo lane is going to do pretty well. And he's go up against a Gangplank, which is a horrible early champ. Just comes off between like mid-late game, pretty much. And you also have the first Tower Gold that goes to Double Lift and Core JJJ. Core JJJ. Core JJ at 11 minutes. Already at the from between 10 minutes and 11 minutes, the game to me felt over. So I left my computer. I was like, I'm, I don't want to watch the rest of this slaughter. And I was really surprised to come back at the 28th minute that Echo Fox wins the game with a gold lead. Like, I, I needed to go back and watch it pretty much. And all that I saw was that Solo is just a fucking genius. Like, I don't know where this guy came from, but he is definitely a a contender for best top laner in North America, I think, because he's able to trade kills against three people, and that's fucking great. That's unbelievable. With, what is it, a Vladimir, uh, I think, uh, let me get those champions up real quick. Uh, which game is that? That's on Sunday. Echo Fox Team Liquid. He's up against... A, a Rek'Sai, uh, I think it was Vladimir and Akali. First off, that a, that MR damage is that that AP damage is insane. You also have Rek'Sai, who at the end of the game was six three and two, who's gotten ahead at this point, and he still has enough damage to take out your Vladimir. Like. Are you for real about that? Like, that dude played his fucking heart out, and he came back from the depths of the earth and slaughtered these motherfuckers. Because even in that last fight, I think, like, Lost played very well. Like, he played very well, despite, like, I think Doublelift had, like, a 70 CS lead on him at one point. <clears throat> might, even, might have been even more at this point. I, I don't remember for sure. Because I went back and watched, like, the highlights of the game I was like where did this team lose and they lost because well get this lost and solo their mechanics on their champions they knew their champions very well like 
anytime that I'm playing against Lost, I would definitely not give him Kaisa anymore. Because he he's able to 2v1 Core JJ and Doublelift. Doublelift, probably the best North American marksman at this point. Core JJ, definitely very good. I don't know if he's the best support. Possibly the best support. Both on Zaya and Rakan. And he's able to 2v1 them in that final fight. And that's just not even... That's just what Lost did. Because Solo triple kills the rest of the team. Because his damage is so good because he's keeping up. Even though he's he might his team's not doing so well, he's like pushing the team back. And I don't know exactly what Yasui did because I've never really seen him play, honestly. He... He was okay. Um, I don't know what else to say about that. But I think uh, you have a really solid team with Lost and Solo here. And if they can push forward and just keep playing, like play exactly how you played last night, because that's how you play like a scaling team, I think. Like the way TSM did it was they forfeited the early game completely and lost in that first game against Team Liquid. But this team, they didn't necessarily forfeit. They played the game, and they pushed them. They pushed back. They did They did what they could, basically. Because, like, they get the first tower at 11 minutes, but um, Skarner, on, Rush on Skarner, he's got the Rift Herald, so he's going to drop that mid, and he's going to give that to Yasui. So then they, get, they trade mid-tower... So they get that nice mid-pressure for the bot tower. And that was... Uh, as much as, like, maybe you could say ahead of time, like, oh, wow, Team Liquid's so far ahead right now. Well, Equifax just balanced the scale by taking your mid-tower, and now you got that mid-pressure. Now Silas can roam. Now Rek'Sai can go through mid more, and you can stop wasting time by trying to go around. A lot of things like that you have to look for in these games. And those are the things that I think that kept Echo Fox in the game until Lost was at a really comf comfortable, like, two, two-and-a-half item point. And then he was able to, like, come into the game and really... they I think they surprised them more in that last fight. Because one thing, Solo was, like, 1v4 at that point. And then you have the Galio ultimate coming in. And then you have Kaisa ultimate. And she goes on the back line. And she's able to fend off uh, Zaya Rakan like, well enough. And she's able to go invisible and all that shit. And she's able to hold them off from doing damage to the other people. I think with that kind of, like, team fight atmosphere and that, like, that, like, well thought out play, basically, that this team is very threatening. Like, I think I only had them at, like, 7th or 6th or 7th, I think, in my list. I don't remember for sure. But I can guarantee you this team is going to be like a top four, top three team. Yes, they beat Team Liquid at this time, but that doesn't like that doesn't mean that they're going to beat them every time. TSM beat them twice in a row, and then they sweeped them back for three two to win Spring Championship last year. So really, one game does not necessarily matter, but just seeing what they can do in this one game really excites me to see what Echo Fox has in the future. And Rick Fox should be fucking proud of these guys. I hope Echo Fox stays in the league. I know there's some Echo Fox drama. I hope, I hope Rick Fox got that shit 
settled because he's got a fantastic team, a fantastic group of players that just beat the team that went to the finals of MSI, who beat Invictus Gaming in last year's summer finals. Well, Invictus won the finals, I mean. They won the world finals. That's what I'm trying to say. And Team Liquid is able to beat that team. If your team's able to beat the team that beat that team, that's that's a really bright future. If you, You've got these two good, great players who recently, I think, until recently, they've been relatively unknown, I think. I'm not going to say that they're unknown, that we've never seen them before, but... When you think of LCS, you think of Bjergsen, you think of Doublelift, you think of Jensen, you think of Sneaky and his cosplay. I definitely think of Sneaky and his cosplay a lot, personally. I also like his silver hair. He's looking pretty good. You think of people like Reginald. You think of Hotshot GG. if you're like an older person like me, pretty much 24 is old, I guess, but that's a that's an early name you you don't you don't know those people anymore <laughs> you think of those kinds of people you don't think of lost you don't think of solo i thought lost was pretty bad last year from being all completely honest i didn't think he really had that much talent personally i didn't think uh i'm not going to say he was bad but i think he was more of like a streamer challenger player basically there's a big difference between lcs and challenger because it's just on a completely different level. Solo queue, you're playing for yourself. LCS, you're playing as a team to beat that team. It's it sounds weird, but like it's the, it's what the atmosphere is like. In solo queue, you if you're playing a tank, you're gonna get you're gonna go you're gonna make sure you secure that kill. You're not gonna try to pass it off to anyone else because they could mess up and the person gets away. You're gonna secure that shit in. LCS, you're going to try to funnel your gold somewhere. Like, you're going to try to make sure if we're if I'm TSM, I'm going to admit, and I'm Smoothie, and I'm playing Galio right now, I'm going to make sure that Bjergsen's got that kill. I'm going to make sure that he gets the, through this early game, and he scales into mid-late game. But if I'm playing Galio, and I'm supporting who gives a fuck, I'm going to take that and I'm going to make sure that it's secure just so we can get through this mid-late game. And so that I'm strong, I can peel for my carries, and there's going to be nobody dying in this game, motherfuckers. That's the way I feel about the game. And I think uh, I think that's a pretty good analysis of how solo queue and the LCS is completely different. There's much bit, much diff- more like in-depth things I could say, but that's not what I'm talking about today. I... Maybe I'll talk about that another time. Who knows? It's a topic we can talk about. But for now, let's uh, finish up by talking about the, these two final topics, I guess I should say. First thing, let's get this out of the way. Acadian or Grig, who is better? TSM Acadian or TSM Grig? And I think you can't really compare these games to each other because their team comps are just completely different. So with Broken Blade on Jace, Hecarim, Grig on Hecarim, Bjergsen... On Zelayan, and then you have two. You have three supports in this team. Okay, you have Zelayan, you have Sona, you have Tarek. And the Sona and Tarek lane's just gonna be a heal fest. It's it, you're just trying to scale to get your heals and your AP as high as possible. Get your fucking Arden sensors and shit like that. It's it's not really 
like one second I might sneeze give me a second <sighs> I don't know where I was going I forgot I was gonna sneeze the sneeze fucked me up but basically to compete against Sonatark you need to like kick their ass early and I don't think Stix A and Biofrost really did that enough and I think uh, Smoothie's bonks are insane it's they're bonkers bonk 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 uh, some of the funniest shit i've ever heard in my life he's got the bonk but i think uh i think bio didn't play that lane as well as he should have i think he didn't understand the Tarek damage and how much he could do because if you didn't know every time Tarek uses an ability he gets two faster empowered auto attacks and those shits are very deceptive because it doesn't look like he's swinging that hard. So it's like, you know, it's not going to hurt that much. But then half your health is gone. And you're like, oh, shit, I'm going to die. And he almost got a double kill against Zyra Varus because they were focused on Anasona. And Anasona's got passive healing. Well, not passive healing. She's got healing under W anyway. And that the healing plus the shield, she's already alive. She's, she's already half health. She was almost dead. Now she's got half health again. So I think... In that kind of lane, you have to focus on fucking them early game, basically. And with uh, Zelane, you know Bjergsen's just going to do really well in Zelane. It's something he's been playing for literally years, and he's done very well. And I think the way that this team played against the uh, the Rumble, the, pa the Orianna, I think it was handled really well. Although... Grig did uh, miss the smite on that uh, easy dragon because Rek'Sai was dead. I think uh, they're both pretty even on the, on those kinds of fronts. But I think I think Akkadian playing uh, Sejuani's and them trying to get like a scaling cop with Azir and Ezreal is much different than playing like a Sonatarak lane where your resources are going to be more funneled towards the Jace or the Hecarim or something like that. And plus you're going Conqueror, Ignite, Smite, so you go, you're go, you going all out in that, on that champion. That's pretty much how it goes. So I think it's too early to tell who's better because the play styles and the games are just way too different. If we see Grig play Sejuani or something else that's tanky, maybe like maybe they'll break out Nunu, who knows? Zack's coming back into the game, so they could play Zack again. And then Acadian plays something, let's see, maybe they can break out Lee Sin, maybe they could break out uh, Rek'Sai for him, maybe Olaf or something. If they give something like that to Acadian and one of the two does better, then, then I would be able to tell you who's better at that point. But let's end this off by tell, talking about the three teams that are starting off 2-0. and The first being Golden Guardians, second being Cloud9, third being Optic Gaming. Now... Golden Guardians, Cloud9, nothing surprising at all. I said in the beginning, I think those are the top four teams. I think they're going to be fighting uh, the top four being uh, fucking uh, Team Liquid, TSM, C9, Golden Guardians. I think Golden Guardians and C9 are fighting for third, basically. I think that team's good enough at this point, and they're syn they synergize really well, and they've got great all-around play that they can fight Cloud9 for that spot. And maybe you could even argue that the top four are all, like, intertwined because if you have Echo Fox being, beating Team Liquid and CLG even almost beating TSM until the later game, continuing that 1,142 streak, by the way, 
Nice voice tra voice crack there. If you think about those things, then this this game's a lot bigger than other people are talking about. Some people are like, yeah, Team Liquid's going to fucking dominate. Other people are like, TSM was really good, but they got cocky last season. They're going to be a lot better this time. Or no, Cloud9 was the favorite, I think. They were, they were better than TSM, but they didn't play well in their series. If you think about those things, these four teams are definitely like the top four in North America. They can definitely play very well together and what i mean is like any one of them can be four they, they can any one of them tsm could be fourth team liquid i think could be fourth at this point we don't know so far with just there being two games played but we'll see in the future how golden guardians plays against team liquid maybe they'll beat him maybe they'll stomp him who knows i think it's up in the air at this point we'll just have to watch but the one that's more surprising is optic gaming and I will grant that their schedule wasn't as tough as, uh, as um, like, I'd say TSM's was. No, I would say Team Liquid's because TSM versus CLG. CLG typically should have were the favorites to lose, I'd probably say. But they played very well. I'm not even going to say anything bad about them. They did very well. And I think TSM just had enough going into the late game that they won the game. But thinking about Optic's schedule, 100 Thieves, we didn't know what they were going to be. I thought maybe they were going to be able to do more, and I think that game was played very well, but Optic versus Clutch was also very good, I think. So I'll get sliced, like slightly into that. Hooney on Rumble had very, very high damage output, and many times almost killed Arrow with uh, with his ultimates. And I think the play with Sejuani, like Meteos playing Sejuani was really well. I think Crown did really well on Twisted Fate. I don't think he did anything like that Korean player or whatever, that EU player who climbed the Challenger rank 1 just by playing like Bruiser TF or something like that. I think they played really well, and they surprised me with how well they were able to do, but their schedule, like Clutch Gaming, although I think uh, with the addition of Cody Sun, that team's looking a lot better, I think they're still like a 7th or 8th team. And same with Optic. I think that they've gotten a lot better, and we'll have to see how like Meteos and Crown are going to do. I think Meteos, Crown, and Arrow are the big players in the team, personally. And we just have to see more of what they do. But Optic, I think, had the easier schedule. It's not very surprising. But I think those games could have went either way. And I think they did really well. And were able to close the games out. So, not at all surprising that Optic's 2-0. But they are still 2-0. And TSM's not. And Team Liquid's not. So, you know. Let's look at the O2 teams, if I can. If I can look at the O2 teams... There we go. Right now there's FlyQuest, Fly, Fly Fly Clutch Gaming, and 100 Thieves. The only... I'd say Clutch Gaming and 100 Thieves are going to be fighting hard for their positions, but I think FlyQuest is definitely going to be a more threatening team than this season. We saw that they were able to threaten like some of the big players in the playoffs. So it's possible that FlyQuest will be fighting for four, five, six this season. I think uh, 
100 Thieves, Clutch Gaming, and it's really hard to tell. Maybe CLG are going to be fighting for 8, 9, 10. 7, 8, I guess. 7, 8, 9, because nobody wants to fight for 10. But I'm personally hoping that 100 Thieves can step their game up and become something a lot better in the future. So... With that being said, I'm now going to come to a close on episode 31, I believe. I don't remember. I've already said it, but I've gotten it wrong already, so who knows. Reaching a record high of like 140 views or 140 listens on my last episode, I think that's amazing. If my audience is growing, that's really cool. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you have a wonderful day. Have a happy Monday, I think. It's Monday, right? Yeah, it's Monday, June 3rd. Monday, June 3rd. Have a wonderful day. It's almost 2 o'clock right now on the east side of the United States. Have a wonderful day.